Welcome to Storytelling. This week's guest is a sought-after transformational mindset coach and speaker, freeing people from the common myths, misconceptions and limiting beliefs holding them back from becoming the best versions of themselves to thrive in every area of life. Please welcome Luke Harlan. Hello, Luke, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for being here. This is amazing. Luke, what is mindset freedom? I describe mindset freedom as taking the autonomy back, control of your thoughts, your behaviors, your actions, your emotions, the things that a lot of times we give away to outside circumstances and we give away our power and start doing things that aren't in our best interest and lead us down a road where we don't want to be. So mindset freedom is really empowering people to understand that they have the key to their mindset prison, that we often are the jailers by creating limitations and limiting beliefs that are within us that are holding us back from being our great true selves. Everyone inside has the ability to be amazing. I believe in that wholeheartedly in people as why we're created. So mindset freedom is really empowering people to take that ownership of their life back through comprehensively understanding how their mind works, making the choices that serve them and not allowing limiting beliefs to get in their way as an obstacle for achieving their goals and dreams. That's a really good point you've made using the phrase self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of what that might look like? Sure. I mean, there's so many things to unpack with that because if we took a quick look at how our brain works through neuroscience, when we just confront or deal with anything in life, is that something happens, an event, call that a stimuli, something happens. And the first thing we do is we have an immediate thought about it and an emotion and Uh, that emotion goes to a belief set, what we believe to be true. And we're going to make a decision based off that belief. And we're going to take an action or an inaction, which is an action unto itself. And then we're going to have a result. And the problem is, is that if we go to that belief set and that belief is limiting, if it's lacking, if it's about scarcity or small mindedness, then we're not going to make decisions that are actually going to serve us. If our conscious goals are to be abundant, to have affluence, or to boldly go out and put ourselves out there if we're looking for sort of that attention to help other people. So a limiting belief can be thinking we're not enough, thinking there's not enough uh, pie in the world for us to be the next voice in our particular discipline or our skill that we want to share with somebody. Oh, there's so many other people like, who am I to go out there? We can have imposter syndrome. So really limiting beliefs hold us back in any area of our lives, whether it's in relationships, our work, our family, our community, our faith. It's those things that we allow to hold ourselves back from taking an action that would serve a greater purpose of truly what our conscious goals and dreams are. And then we're not keeping in check because those beliefs are subconscious and we don't even realize that we're making those decisions based on something that may not be congruent with what we currently tell ourselves. I just want to pick up on what you just said in terms of the types of things that we may tell ourselves. And you talked about mind prisons earlier as well, Mm -hmm. because when someone says 
oh, I can't do something, that's a block that they have put on themselves. Yes. So what can one do to actually move away from that mindset? I think it's easier to say something than to actually do it in this scenario. Well, the first thing is everyone who's listening here is into what we call our first shift. There are five shifts that we can make to free ourselves to create our best lives. And the first mindset shift is into self-awareness. And everyone on this call, everyone who's listening to this is in some sort of self-awareness because when you're in self-awareness, you realize there's something that needs to change and usually it's you. And so you're seeking that information or you're at least exploring it. So that's becoming the observer of yourself. First of all, you have to understand that something needs to be changed. If not, you think everything's great. You're not going to look for a solution because you don't realize that you're in, you know, you're putting yourself in harm's way. So once you're in self-awareness, it's being the observer. And the first thing you can do is observe your negative self-talk because how we do talk to ourselves is programmatic, meaning we're programming our brain, which is just a giant GPS system. Our brain is this supercomputer. When we tell it to do something, it takes instructions from us. So if we say, I'll never be able to do that, or I'm not good enough, your brain will literally find circumstances and situations to prove that to be true and it'll ignore all the evidence to the contrary. So you're just programming yourself to those limiting beliefs, those limiting perspectives, and your bias, your lens of bias, how you see the world is only going to be the signals coming in. Your brain's only going to allow your mind to see the things that support the thesis that you've stated, the directions you gave it. So that's just one area. Uh, that you can understand that it, just your self-talk is changing it to a positive self-talk is being aware of the fact that you control your brain, your mechanism that's searching for a solution for you 24-7. You've reminded me of a question that I heard someone ask some time ago, which was, if you allowed someone else to speak to you the way you speak to yourself, how would that make you feel? Absolutely. Jordan Peterson wrote a book called The 12 Rules, and I think the second rule was treating yourself as you would a loved one. Like We go out of our way to be caring and empathetic and considerate and supportive and loving to someone we care about, right? But why aren't we doing that for ourselves? And I think that's just one of those areas that opens up self-love and self-improvement and personal development all go hand in hand under the umbrella of self-care. And a lot of times we have to be selfish in taking care of ourselves to then be able to be selfless out into the world. Because if we're depleted, if we're not at a hundred percent, if we're running on low battery, then we can't give the best of ourselves to others. So it actually if you look at it, you're being selfless by taking care of yourself, by charging up, by renewing your energies, your hopes, your beliefs, the things that are going to make you stronger and better and evolved into the person that can support, cherish, and do good into the world and make an impact and a legacy. But yet a lot of us feel selfish doing that because that's been conditioned into us by society. Oh, you're just thinking about yourself. It's completely different. This is about how we self-improve, how we self-care to then be able to go out in the world and do the things that are going to be supportive as we were meant to. We were meant to live in communities and be better together. That's just the nature of our humanity. Otherwise, we'd be still those single-celled organisms swimming around in some primordial soup, never evolving. We're here to evolve and to support one another. So yeah, your talk to yourself, absolutely 100%. You would never talk to anyone else like that. Don't do it to yourself. 
Luke, what made you decide to become a mindset coach? Ah, I had my own demons to conquer and things to bear. Uh, There was a point in my life where I was just stuck. I let a lot of things go. I was kind of holding on. I retreated from the world. I'd gained a lot of weight. I was depressed. And years before this, I had registered as a a blood and bone marrow donor through a registry, through an event to support a cause. And when I was in this time of sort of depression and just withdrawing from the world, I had the agency called and said, you're a match to a critically ill leukemia patient who desperately needs the transplant or the donation. Are you still willing to do it? And in my darkest time, this was kind of the the hand of hope, be able to help somebody else in their time of need. I felt a value doing it. And when I was sitting on the hospital bed, the day of the donation with my chins, my multiple chins and not feeling good about myself, I literally started crying because I realized that everything I decided, every decision I made in life had led me to this point in my life. And in that sort of harsh reality was this tremendous sense of freedom of ownership that if I made the decisions that led me here, I can make different decisions to create the life that I truly want and that I feel that I truly deserve. And this was this blessing from an outside circumstance. I didn't know how I was going to do it. So at that point, I had to reach out and I had to swallow my ego and swallow my pride and ask for help from others to figure out how to get healthy physically. So that would help me get healthy mentally. And in this pursuit of getting healthy physically and mentally, I started understanding mindset and went down the rabbit hole of exploring habitual behaviors and how to create new habits, and how to reestablish new beliefs, how to challenge the ones that weren't serving me, how to really discern what was in my best interest, who I want to become, what do I need to model, all these great things, the skills that I need to achieve. And I had to raise my hand and ask for help. And in that, I found this freedom and this empowerment where I created a program out of it to get myself out of it because I didn't find it in the world the way I believed it to be. That's how I really changed into mindset coaching because it was my calling from success to fulfillment because now I could actually help other people achieve this freedom and they could pass it on. So there's this joy and this purpose associated through my own transformation that I wanted to give back to the world and pay it forward. And how does it feel for you now to actually witness other people's transformations in terms of their thinking and their mindsets and anything else that may have held them back previously? It's the greatest joy in the world because I know that they can't unsee something that they've learned, that they've put themselves through, that they can now take ownership of and have a blueprint to live a much better life. It's kind of like waking people up out of a coma And it's not always pleasant to see that you are the master of your own life, but when you do and you're empowered, but for me, it it is purpose, it's joy, it's happiness, it's absolute fulfillment for me where I selfishly just get a kick out of it because I know how much it meant to me and passing it on and watching other people achieve this and just see them light up and have those aha moments and then be able to do the work to truly, truly live the life they want, that they're naturally inclined to help others in that journey. So I just feel like my small pebble in the pond creates a ripple and that ripple is another person who throws their pebble in their pond and so forth and so on. It just creates a a sense of peace and happiness that I finally found my purpose in life. Luke, what would you say are the 
first steps that people should take in order to get them onto this journey? Well, if they're listening anywhere or they're reading or they're investigating, they're in self-awareness. It's finding someone who resonates with you and finding a process that's going to help you evolve. The first step is you're already in self-awareness. So congratulations. That's the first shift. I take my clients and my groups and my training people through five distinct shifts to give them their full empowerment. So I think the first step is to be coachable, willing and able, and make sure people are ready. Are you ready to do the work to make that change? I would say the, the real first thing is to get really clear on three things. What is it you really, really want? Not what other people want for you, not from your spouse or if you're, from your kids or your community or your parents or whomever, but what do you want out of life? And really sit with that. Sometimes it takes a long time to figure out what you really, truly want. And then you have to understand why you want it. You have to have an emotional reason. You have to set a very high bar and a standard of why you want it. Because if you don't have that emotional connection, when it comes time to do the work to achieve it, you're going to fall apart because you're not going to be able to embrace the discipline of doing the things that are going to help you achieve it. And lastly, how are you going to feel when you do achieve it? What's that outcome that you're going to have once you start achieving your goals? How are you going to feel about yourself, feel about others, and how is that going to change your life? When you can establish the answer to those three questions, then you're ready to kind of embrace and adopt and adapt that growth mindset, which is going to lead you to your ability to get the skills, the coaching, the mentorship that's available out there for myself and others to take that journey to unbridle yourself and free yourself from your own mindset prison to achieve the life you really want. Luke, you've given us lots of food for thought, and I just want to say thank you very much for being a guest on this podcast. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you would like further information about Luke, then please follow the link in the show notes. Mm-hmm.